Hi, and welcome to the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. I'm your host, Tegan Thompson. I'm a book lover, a chocoholic, and an INTJ living in a world filled with extroverts. I made this podcast to share my experiences and struggles as an introverted perfectionist and to bring the inner workings of an introvert's mind to introverts and extroverts alike. So grab a cup of tea and get comfortable. It's time to unmute. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. I just want to congratulate everyone on making it through this long week. Um, It's Memorial Day weekend, so hopefully you have a three-day weekend and can kind of just relax and celebrate life. Um, It's the last Friday of May, which means this will be the fourth and final episode of my mental health awareness mini-series. I'm a little sad it's over, but that doesn't mean I will stop talking about mental health or anyone should stop talking about it. It's something I will continue to address, so you will hear more about it from me in the future, I promise. And most importantly, I just hope it's been beneficial to everyone who's listened and maybe even those who haven't. Uh, Just being able to learn about it and understand why it's so important to be aware about your mental health and mental illnesses as well. So um, this week I thought it would be fit to talk about probably one of the most important aspects when it comes to mental health and that is coping with mental illness. Um, So I'm kind of just going to address some things you can do for yourself and then towards the end I will talk about what you can do for your loved ones um, who are suffering from mental illness. So starting with some self-help techniques, honestly um, coping with and healing from mental illness all begins with acceptance and that's because you cannot take action Uh, against mental illness until you have fully accepted your current situation and honestly this can go for pretty much anything that you are going through Um, can be as simple as like turning in a final paper like until you accept that you have to do this final paper until you accept that it's like essential to your grade you're not going to be able to really start taking action to complete it and do the best you can right so like you can apply this to the smallest things in your life and the biggest things in your life you cannot take any action until you have accepted the situation you're in and uh this is so important because you know, a lot of people will live like, oh, mental health, mental illness is all in your head, or, um, like, you just need to, like, be happy and get over it, uh, but the truth is, like, mental illnesses do not just go away, and they're likely something that people will struggle with for the rest of their life, 
So it is so, so important to accept that you have a mental illness and, you know, not just accept it, but truly accept it, you know? You can't just be like, yeah, okay, I have that, and then, like, continue to not do anything. Like, you have to accept that you have a mental illness and accept that you need help taking action against it, right? Um, so, you know, accepting that you or someone you love has a mental illness rather than pretending it doesn't exist, which actually drains you of really valuable energy will allow you to take the necessary steps to take care of yourself and to heal. Um, another thing for self-help in terms of mental illness is to adapt your thinking. And I say adapt and not change because, um, I feel that everyone has positive and negative thoughts and we will always have positive and negative thoughts. Um, that's just kind of how the human psyche works and how our brains work. And so you're always going to have those, um, but you can kind of adjust and refocus your thoughts so that you're not um, kind of dwelling on those negative things, right? Um, and the biggest thing... Um, and for me, one of the most helpful things is uh, kind of meditation exercises. And there's a ton of different meditation exercises. I'm only going to list a few. Um, but you can go ahead and look up meditation exercises. So many different things that you can do. Um, one of those is deep breathing. And <laughs> deep breathing is a, a very large category as well. There's so many different types of deep breathing you can do and can honestly just go on YouTube and look up deep breathing exercises. Um, I know there are some apps that allow you to do that. Um, whatever, you know, works for you. Um, I think deep breathing exercises are so great to just kind of refocus your mind. Um, and, you know, just like for a second, take your mind off of all the things that you've been thinking about um, and kind of just get in a positive state. I think um, deep breathing exercises are something that are really, really great to do when you wake up and before you go to bed because it kind of just like relaxes you and allows you, allows you to start your day fresh and allows you to go to bed and kind of just like relaxed and you know, let go of all of those thoughts kind of thing. Um, some other things include uh, journaling. And I, yes, I include this as a meditation exercise because when you write down your thoughts and your feelings, you're meditating on those things and you're kind of spilling them out and processing them, which is really helpful. So um, I love journaling and I've mentioned that before. So I think journaling is a really, really great thing. Um, I've also mentioned uh, voice recording yourself. So instead of writing it out, you can voice record yourself um, and then listen back to it to kind of hear you talk about it and hear you process it. Because sometimes when you're talking and you're regurgitating things, you're not really fully processing and focusing on that. But when you go back and listen to it or you go back and reread whatever you wrote, you're able to really, truly process those things. 
Um, and then uh, another thing is yoga or even physical exercise, um, which I know that I know people are probably more open to yoga. Physical exercise is a little more difficult to get into because I mean, there's kind of a stereotype of what physical exercise should look like. But, you know, find what works for you. If that's going on a, a walk uh, a couple times a week or maybe you really like swimming or maybe you like lifting weights or maybe you're one of those really rare and crazy people who love to run and I'll never understand you, but... You know, go for a run or, you know, whatever works for you. There's so many different things you can do to get physical, physical exercise, including yoga um, or maybe like playing a sport, right? There's so many things and, you know, just finding something that works for you is both good for your body physically and good for your brain mentally. So um, finding that physical um exercise that an activity that you can do that kind of gets your body moving um helps you release endorphins and um you know those happy the hormones associated with happiness right to kind of just rebalance the chemical imbalance that many people with mental illness have so Again, those are just a few things that you can do that are meditation related. There are so many other ways you can meditate. Um, finding what works for you, again, is really important because not everyone is the same, right? We're, we're like our own fingerprints, very unique. No two people are the same. You know, Everyone needs kind of their own thing and finding what works for you is so important. So trying new things, not giving up when one thing doesn't work is also important because if you just kind of give up because this one thing didn't work well maybe the next thing will or maybe it'll take 10 tries to find something but it's important to find that something because once you do you're able to just you know refocus your thinking and adapt right um, another way to adapt your thinking is by grounding yourself. And um, my favorite way to do this is to do a five senses exercise. There's multiple different versions of this, but for me, I like to do um, one where I just find one of each of the senses around me. So I'll find something that I can touch, uh, something I can smell, something I can see, something I can hear, and something I can taste. Um, and I do one of each. I know some of them are like, find five of this, four of this, three, or something like that. I do one of each just because for me, I know that if I couldn't find a certain amount of one of the senses, it would like cause me to stress even more. So like, I just like focus on one of each and like, you can always go through it again, you know, even restating something you've already said, but you know, being able to ground yourself in that way is a really good way of just like de-stressing um another way of grounding yourself is literally sitting on the ground um or being out in nature um when your feet or your body is on the ground you can literally ground yourself um 
and which is I think is so amazing because you know it's called grounding yourself and you just like can sit or lay on the ground and um, kind of just focus on your body being on the ground it's a really really great way to ground yourself and to refocus your energy um, and another way is mental reframing and this is something that everyone can use because it is something that everyone struggles with um, you know when you get frustrated and you want to focus on the negative things in that situation um, mental reframing has you focus on the positive things so I am going to use a situation uh, that everyone is familiar with so that it can kind of be in a context that, you know, even if you may not struggle with a mental illness, you'll still be able to understand how mental reframing can work in everybody's everyday, everyday life. Um, and that is being stuck in traffic. And I know that Pretty much everyone, unless you're really young or you just like don't drive at all, um, can understand. Um, you know, being in, being stuck in traffic for some reason like just makes people really frustrated, and it brings out like this really angry side of them. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I it happens to me too. But you know. Um, you know, it can be really hard because you can kind of get stuck in this thinking of, oh, my life is horrible, I'm going to be late to wherever I'm going because of this traffic, why does this always happen to me, and like, can this car move faster, oh my gosh, you know, um, mental reframing tells you to reframe your thinking so you're like, okay, this traffic, it may be bad, right? Uh, but there's really nothing I can do about it, and I'm still going to get where I'm going. It might be late, but I'm still going to get there, and getting there safely is more important, right? So, you know, instead of being frustrated and upset about it, I'm going to, you know, maybe jam to some music or listen to a podcast or an audiobook, um, and just, like, kind of have fun while I'm driving to wherever I'm going, right? Um, so you can use this for a lot of different things, right? I know I use this, I try to use this, and it's something I'm still working on, but because um, I procrastinate a lot, and so I kind of get into this habit where I'm like, well, I'm not going to procrastinate anymore, and then I get to something, and I procrastinate, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why do I do this to myself every single time? I just like suck at life. Why can't I figure this out? I need to really work on this. I'm like an awful person because seriously, why can't like I like I know I like I need this and I want this and this is something I need to do. Why can't I just like do it earlier? Why do I always wait until the last minute? You know, and I really get stuck in like this circle circular thinking that ends up leading me to just procrastinate again in the future. Um, and I've been working on telling myself, okay, I've done it this time. I've procrastinated. There's nothing I can do about that. I can't go back in time, you know. Um, 
what I can do is take the time I have left to really focus on what I need to finish or do or whatever it is and, you know, do the best that I can. And next time work harder on, you know, maybe starting earlier um, or maybe setting an earlier deadline, whatever it is. Um, but kind of just focusing on the now. You can't change the past. You can't go into the future and see what will happen, right? We're in the present, and that's all you can change is the present. And if you focus so much on the past and the future, you're never going to reach the goals you want to reach. Um, so kind of just reframing the way you think, okay? Um, I'm going to challenge you guys to try to do that with one situation. I know that we all encounter frustrating situations throughout the week. I'm going to challenge you to do that with one frustrating situation in this upcoming week. And, uh, you know, I hope it goes well. I hope it kind of helps you relax and not stress as much and help you see that it's not as bad as you thought it was. And, you know, if you want to, let me know how that goes. Um, and then the last way and one of the most important ways to kind of help yourself when you are struggling with mental illness is to seek out therapy and I know that some people don't believe therapy <laughs> is a good thing or something that people need um, I think therapy is something that everyone needs no matter how healthy you are mentally um, because it is such a great way to get advice, to learn new coping methods, um, to have a second unbiased opinion about your situations, someone to kind of just, you know, talk about everything going on in your life and kind of take some weight off of your shoulders and you know, they're they're un, they're not gonna judge you. They're gonna listen to you, and they're gonna be honest with you, which is so helpful, to be honest. Um, for people struggling with mental illness, though, I think it is so so important because the thing about mental illness is that we make ourselves believe false things and that's kind of what gets people in ruts with mental illness and you know seeking that help from someone who may understand and has learned about it and studied it um, can kind of help you open your eyes to what you're really thinking like you know for me it's like I'll think something and my therapist will be like why do you think that and I'll be like, well, um, I don't know. My brain just said it. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, well, let's break it down. And then, you know, I start to realize, like, hold on. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Um, and then it helps me kind of reshape 
the way I'm thinking and how I approach things. So again, something that everybody needs because we all encounter things that we struggle with and could use help with, um, you know, like a life coach kind of, that's, that's what I would consider it as someone who's kind of a, like a life coach, you know, we all have things that are difficult in our family life and our relationship lives and our work lives, uh, with friends, um, with yourself, um, with your faith, maybe, um, probably other things, but school and having that person there who is just going to openly talk to you and help you process these things is so wonderful and so beneficial. And I highly, 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 highly recommend it. Um, I hope it is something that one day everyone will seek out because it is just such a great thing to have incorporated in your life okay so that was the last thing I had for self-help techniques I'm gonna move into ways that you can help your loved ones and I wanted to talk about this because uh, I know a lot of people might say I don't struggle with mental illness so this doesn't even apply to me wrong (laughs) Or, I am struggling with mental illness, so I don't need to worry about other people. Also wrong. Um, you know, it is so, so important to be aware of mental health and to be aware of the mental health of the people you love around you, um, even if you are struggling with your own. Because, you know, if you focus too much on yourself, you can let a lot slip by and um kind of know this personally and not going to go into detail about that but um you know yes you want to be a little selfish when it comes to your mental health because it can deteriorate very 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 fast but at the same time you want to be conscious and aware of the other people around you okay so the first way that you can help your loved ones is by knowing the warning signs of mental illness um so you know you cannot help those you love in a proactive manner without being aware of the warning signs of mental illness, right? You can help people after the fact, after they've severely struggled and they're kind of at the very, like, deepest struggles they have. But it is so difficult at that point to be helpful in a proactive way, to be helpful in a meaningful way, um is to be able to know the warning signs so that you can acknowledge it sooner rather than later. Um, And so I'm just going to list a few of the common warning signs for mental illness. Um, Obviously, these are not going to apply to every type of mental illness, and these don't always have to mean that someone has a mental illness, right? You could 
have these warning signs and be struggling with something completely unrelated to mental illness. Well, not unrelated because it would be related to mental illness, but it could be something physical. It could be something um, different. I don't know. Um, but it does not have to necessarily mean a mental health illness. Um, but these are some of the most common warning signs, um, which include withdrawal from social interaction, um, whether that be with family, friends, at work, etc. Um, unusual difficulty or problems functioning at school and or at work. And dramatic changes to one's sleep or appetite. Um, these are kind of the big warning signs. And, you know, different mental illnesses have different warning signs, obviously. Um, but these are some of the most common ones. Uh, so I just wanted to point those out just to kind of give you a jump start into your um learning for what warning signs are and kind of giving you something to go off of right now um yeah you know warning signs are so important because some of these things are kind of just the very early symptoms and signs that come with mental illness and um Catching these can prevent some of the more harmful symptoms that come with it later on um, as mental illness progresses. And you can prevent that progression by, you know, seeing the warning signs, acknowledging them, helping them get help. Um, and yeah. Um, another way to help your loved ones is by simply starting a conversation. And this is probably one of the most difficult um, things to do. Um, you know, personally, I know that it is very, very difficult um, and scary. Um, I had some mental health illness stuff going on with my family and I didn't know how to address it or to acknowledge it and it took me a really long time to kind of bring it up and honestly it took me too long because if you know if I had waited that long and my family those family members were still really struggling with those things it could have been really bad um so being able to start a conversation and you know that's why it's so important to kind of just start a general conversation you don't even have to be like okay well this person has warning signs so let me talk to them it can be just a general conversation with your family with your friends with people at work talking about mental health talking about what it looks like um how where you think you're at where do you think other people are at uh, not where do you think other people are at. Where do other people think they are at? Um, probably should not judge other people's mental health state. Um, you know, just being open about, about mental health so that when it comes to those things, it's not scary and challenging in a 
huge mountain you have to climb in order to kind of start getting the treatment and help you need. Um, but when you do address a, a person, a loved one, about their mental health, um, maybe after seeing warning signs or however you may, that may happen, um, it's really, really important to use I statements. Again, this is things you have observed about the other person, so you're not in their head. You don't really know what's going on. So not putting it on them like this is them because that's what you've observed. You're one person. You're not them. You're not other people. And so that's an, a, per, a personal opinion, right? So using those I statements to address it is so important. And then listening and not being judgmental um, to what they have to say when they do decide to speak up. Um, because again, we don't want to judge them based off of the, something they may be struggling with. We want to listen and we want to um, be empathetic, right? We want to be empathetic and patient uh, because it is something hard to kind of um, address. And then encouraging them to talk to you, talk to other people in your circle, and talk to a mental health professional because those are the people who can really help them. The people who are fully knowledgeable on how to kind of combat what they're struggling with and how to kind of dig at the core and the root of where this is coming from. Um, and then educating yourself. This kind of goes along with knowing the warning signs, but um, it kind of goes beyond that, especially if a loved one has a specific diagnosis, educating yourself on what that specific mental illness is like uh, and the symptoms and um, the struggles that they may be going through and how they can seek treatment and help. Um, just being aware of those things because, you know, again, every mental health illness is different and they come with different challenges. Um, so being aware of those is um, essential, essentially. I know I just said essential twice, but you know what I mean. Um, and then the last thing I have on here is taking care of yourself uh, by also seeking help. Because, you know, when a loved one has, is struggling with mental illness it can be really draining on you as well um and you know being proactive taking care of your mental health is really important so that you kind of don't fall down the same rabbit hole um and just acknowledging that it is difficult. It's difficult for them. It's difficult for you. It's difficult for everyone. And being able to seek that help, right? You're encouraging them to seek help. Encourage yourself to also seek that help. Um, support, however you need it, um, is so, so important, right? 
take care of your mental health as well, right? Be a little selfish when it comes to mental health, um, but not too selfish where you're kind of not seeing other people. So, yeah, that's kind of what I have for coping with mental illness. Um, obviously, there's so many different things, and that's why I really, 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 really encourage you guys to educate yourself and um, to seek help through mental health professionals because they they've gone to school for this they've studied it they they know it um and so you know i'm just kind of giving you the bare bare minimum kind of the structure of it um and really encouraging you to do your own um learning and education on mental health uh so yeah, that was the last episode of this mental health awareness mini-series. I'm so excited to talk about this and be able to share this with all of you guys. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode or if you learned anything new, please go share it with a friend. And as always, have a good weekend. And I look forward to seeing you guys again next week on the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. Thank you.